Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Tara Humphrey. I run an award-winning healthcare consultancy specialising in supporting primary care networks. I'm a facilitator. I am a mum of three. I have an MBA and I would class myself as a bit of an adventurer. And I absolutely love all things business, all things leadership, all things management. So I created this podcast for clinical and non-clinical colleagues working in the field of health and care and for those of you looking to develop your leadership skills. Every week we release an episode which focuses on the hard and soft skills required to lead in this increasingly complex environment as we move to delivering more integrated care. So let's jump into this week's episode. Hey, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in this episode, I wanted to discuss with you and share with you our approach to recruitment and give you some examples of what firing fast and hiring slowly looks like in real life and behind the scenes at THC Primary Care. Like a lot with my solo episodes, I like to talk about the things that A, I'm going through and B, that actually I struggle to find the content on externally and it's interesting when I talk to people one-on-one they're very happy to share or in a small group but they don't share it publicly it's like they're embarrassed when things don't go to plan but when you talk to people it's like oh my god I've been there too like it happens all the time so I think when I get into it I'm not embarrassed or shy to share that recruitment at THC has been challenging over the eight years I've been currently running this business. I find it one of the hardest parts of running the business is recruiting. Am I making the right decision? Do I have the budget? I need to hire before I've got the client, but there's sometimes I have to be mindful of cash flow. So all of those things go into consideration and Some people just slot in perfectly and it's just amazing and other people just don't and you're like, why don't you just spit? I know that lots of you will be able to relate to this conversation. So I started this conversation saying I find it really challenging. So this year in 2023, I was like, let's change the narrative around how I feel about recruitment and how can I make it a really pleasurable and exciting and fun experience for both us at THC and for the candidate. So I was like, let's do things differently. Let's just stop creating a job description by myself and putting it on Indeed or Jobs in Ken and just expecting the perfect person to fall in my lap because experience has taught me that that isn't the case. So obviously you guys know I'm a big fan of content marketing and I thought, okay, it's really competitive out there. We want to hire a new leadership position into THC Primary Care and that job title was Head of Primary Care Development. Really thought about the salary and we pitched the salary in acknowledgement that we don't offer an NHS pension. So we are looking for somebody with primary care experience they're likely to work in the NHS and we know we can't compete with the NHS pension. So the salary I would say is a high level salary for us. It was between 70 and 75k, flexible working. 
We wanted the person to come into the office twice a month and we recorded two videos. The first one was why we're recruiting and what we're looking for. And then the second video was what would your first 16 weeks look like if you work for THC Primary Care? What would your induction look like? We got so many views on the video on our recruitment page. Initially, I was like, oh, God, this is working. This is so exciting. We've cracked the code. All you need to do is a job description and a video. So I was feeling really smug initially. We got lots of recruitment consultants saying, I know you don't need us. I really like the video. But if you do need any help, we're here. People messaged us in our newsletter to say, I'm not going to apply, but I really like what you're doing. I'm not going to apply yet. Oh, yeah, LinkedIn messages. I think what you're doing is really smart. So I was a bit like, oh, my God, this is so easy. Why did I not do this before? And then we started to receive questions around the role. I started to build a bit of a frequently asked questions around travel, pension. The travel was really interesting. Even though we said the travel requirements of the role, people still said, do I have to come in essentially? And if I do come in, will you pay for me to come to the office? So we were like, we don't pay for people to come to work. So we put that all in a frequently asked question document. And then we got just other questions, which essentially people were intrigued by the role, but kind of wanted permission to apply. Like, can I apply for the role? And it was like, if you think that you've got the skills and experience, then absolutely. Lots of people just kind of wanting permission to apply for the role, which is really interesting. So that inspired me to create a video, which I post 15 questions for you, know, like you as the candidate to think about are you ready to take a new job on? So I created that video. I also recruited a video on like recruitment tips, like please read the job description. So many people would apply and it was like, well, you've clearly not read it. And people were like, dear mister, it's like, you haven't read it. You know, like you've not done any research as you'd know my name is Tara and that I'm a woman. It's really basic things. So we created, I think I created three. One was what to consider when applying for your next position recruitment tips and interview tips. So I don't think I could have made it any clearer in what we were looking for and what you as a candidate would really need to consider before you take not just our job, any job. And I think one of the things I said is your next employer has been waiting for you for a long time. We are so excited and ready to welcome you and we want you to hit the ground running. Are you personally able to commit to that? and also pose questions around what are you really looking for and don't just follow the money. I know that we all need to maintain a certain standard of living or we want to enhance our standard of living but if you only stay in a job for the salary because you're miserable you will remain miserable. If you only take the next job for the salary that may not make you happy. You have to look at your whole employment package and really think no job is perfect. You may have a job at the moment where it ticks the box 70% of the time, which I think is pretty good going. And the elements of the job that you just don't like, but those elements of the job will follow you. You know, like if it's people, it's a bit different, but if they're, you know, like meetings, emails, reporting, people management, finance, those things are a staple in, in our world. So be really, really clear in don't just hop from one job to the next job, which is slightly different, but it offers a few thousand pounds because after tax, that few thousand pounds doesn't go very far. 
So I feel like I did a good public service in those videos. Obviously, I wasn't being selfless. It was in my interest, but I think they are some really good resources for you to think carefully around, is it time to start looking? I laid all that out and I just kept thinking, even if people do not apply for the job or they apply for the job and they do not get it, I want them to know that I want to make this a good experience for them. I want them to look at the job description, watch the videos and then them go, do you know what Tara, this isn't the job for me and thank you for helping me to come to that realisation and see our business in a positive light. And even if people go through the process and they didn't get the job, they would still think it was a good process. So that was really, really important to me. So we got lots of views, really exciting, but we didn't get that many applications. I suppose the embarrassing bit about it was lots of people that I would count as friends and peers were like, how many people have applied? How many people have applied? How many people have applied? And it was like, a few. <laughs> and just everybody was really intrigued. Well, not everybody. I'm not even facing my ego. A few people were intrigued. How many people applied? And we just didn't get that many applications. And I just really initially took that to heart. And it was really disappointing. We did make the process quite challenging and we did ask people to submit a video and I knew lots of people would step out of the recruitment process. Somebody messaged me and said, I can't do this video. Is there a way to apply for the role in a more traditional way? And I was like, no, because public speaking and jumping on video and facilitating calls and facilitating live events and meetings is part of the job. And if you're really going to struggle to do a two minute video, it's just not the organisation for you, you will hate it. <laughs> not that it's not always on video, but the presentation and being kind of chucked in at the deep end is part and parcel of working at THC. So I knew that asking people to do a video would make it really challenging. Would I do it differently? No, because the people that did apply, the videos were brilliant. They were so good and they made their CVs come to life. If I'd not seen the video, especially with one person, I wouldn't have called her to interview because the CV wasn't great. But the CV with the cover letter and the video, it was good. It told a story really, really, really nicely. So we did ask people to submit a video, their CV and a cover letter. And I'd done lots of research on this. I saw an article on LinkedIn and it was like, stop over interviewing people, stop asking for too much information. And then there was other articles that were like, Stop jumping into this relationship without doing your due diligence. It's really hard for an employer to get the balance right. I was like, we're just looking for our special one. So we did a lot of preparation on the front end, which was really worth it because some of that stuff we can now use for future recruitment. So it was really helpful. So we did the videos, we did the job description. The team come together to really think carefully about the role. So everybody was brought in. In regards to the interview format, and I did two polls on LinkedIn and Twitter asking people, do you share your interview questions in advance? And on Twitter, most people said yes, share them in advance. It's not a memory test. It makes people not feel as nervous. And it's really good, especially for taking into consideration people with potential learning disabilities or accessibility issues. So I thought that was really helpful. I think on LinkedIn, it was pretty 50-50. The people that said no, the common feedback for the people said, do not share the interview questions in advance was like, you want people to think on their feet. 
And it was interesting because I just felt like in my job, we are not making fast paced life or death decisions. We really aren't. I want somebody that's quite measured and when faced with a problem or an encounter to be reflective and not to jump to the solution. Because in the world of primary care networks, and this happens all the time, if you're too reactive, you solve the problem sitting in front of your face. But because you work with multiple practices, you unintentionally cause problems with practices four, five and six that were initially quite happy, but you try to accommodate practice one. So it's that notion of complexity theory. You change one thing in the system and it has unintended consequences for other people and you don't quite know until, you know, like an issue arises and you get the email and you get the phone call. So yes, I do want people to be able to think on their feet, but the job is not like that all the time. It really isn't. And I think having people that are a little bit more reflective and to think really carefully about things is a skill that I'm looking for. I don't want everybody to just be like flying off the seat of their pants. So it was really interesting. What we decided to do, we asked them a presentation question and we gave them a sense of what we were going to ask and why we were asking it. And we also did like a recruitment pack, which said, this is about the business. We had the job description background to the business, the positive behaviours that we're looking for, about me, what's it like to work with me, because this person's going to be working really closely with me. I put in my DISC assessment, my communication style, my core strengths assessment, just to give them a really good sense of, I wanted this person to be my right hand. And I just, I don't want any surprises. So we sent that to them and just really gave them a heads up, taught them about parking and all of that stuff. So it was a two-part interview with Ellen and Jade and then me and Valentina. So that was the interview process. And I must say the candidates that we interviewed, they were so good. They were so good, but they weren't quite right. And both of them could have done the job, but I just was not 100% sure. And not that I don't have respect for anybody, but those particular individuals, I just felt like I have too much respect for you, for you to leave your jobs that are good jobs to come to THC when I'm not 100% sure. And this is a significant position. To me, it's a significant salary. And I want it to be like a hell yes. And it would eat me up if I took one of them on and I wasn't sure. And then you know, 16 weeks later, I was like, do you know what? I don't think this is working. It's such a risk. And I have no doubt that I will potentially, I'd love to work with those people in a different capacity in the future. So that is me hiring slowly. That's me really taking all of the lessons I have made in recruitment in the past and having a tiny niggle in my gut going, oh, I'm not sure, but let's go, let's go for it let's go for it. And then it not working out. And I think this is the thing that people don't share, you know, like the candidates were good. And they may listen to this podcast. And I'm saying they were good. And they said things that we're implementing, they gave us ideas. But I just kept thinking, I'm not 100% sure. And maybe I can see you in a different seat, but not this seat. So I was a bit like, let's just wait. We're not in a rush. We're not desperate for this position. So that is us hiring slowly and really taking our time and thinking about it. And we gave feedback and one candidate said, I really enjoyed this recruitment process. And that was the goal. And I think that should be all of our goal. 
So I gave them really good feedback. They were great. I just wasn't sure. And I think when you're the business owner in this case, you just have to be so sure because letting people go is the worst part of my job or performance managing people. I bloody hate it. I really, really do. So I'm working with a coach. Just slow down. The door is open. And I believe in the law of attraction. And I believe what is meant for us is meant for us. And if we're meant to work together, we will work together. And if we're not meant to work together, we're not. And it's all good. So hopefully that's helpful. If you are trying to recruit and you're struggling, welcome to the club. If you are not sure about a position and it's quite high stakes, pause. Don't talk yourself into it. It should be an easy yes. Be honest with your candidates and explain why. And if you think they've got the attitude and, you know, they'd be a good cultural fit in your organisation, go away and have a think about, is there a space in your organisation? I listened to one podcast where they said, do not create, you know, like the role for the person. Create the role first and then hire into that role. But don't put the person first. It's a difficult one. And I'm sure there are two schools of thought, but I did think, okay. Let's go back and really think about what does the business need? That's always the question. What does this business need? What does this team need? And what areas is there wiggle room for compromise? But yeah, what does this business need? It's the root of all questions. (laughs) So that is an example of us hiring slow. Now, firing fast. I am so jealous of meeting people that go, I'm employee number one and I've worked for this organisation for 10 years and I love it. And I'm like, employee number one does not work. Well, no, I suppose I am employee number one and I still work with THC. So we don't have employee number two or number three or number four. We don't have the legacy at THC, given that we've been in business for nearly eight years. And I have fired fast, super fast. And I hate it. But I have learned what is not meant to be is not meant to be. And everyone I have let go or that they have left, it was the right thing. And they would have found a different path and a better organisational fit for them. But we have fired fast and I don't regret it. The only thing I do regret is not listening to my gut when I saw and heard the red flag in the interview. That's the bloody mistake that I have made repeatedly. I've gone, well, X can do it, they can do it. People in the past have indicated in their job interview that they may not be a great fit. And I've gone, I'm going to ignore you and I'm going to hire you. And oh my God, I see this all the time in primary care networks. All of the time. When I worked in one network, I won't mention it, but if they're listening, you'll know who you are. Me and the clinical director interviewed three care coordinators who all left within three months. And it was like, what ideally would you want to do? Well, I want to be a manager and do X, Y and Z and be like, right, you're hired as a care coordinator. I'd be like, no, no. He's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Two months later, that person leaves. So we're just so desperate to hire and think we can change people's minds. And we don't believe the answer that people are giving us. So when people do tell the truth, we go, no, they want this job. (laughs) They don't really want to be a primary care network manager on a higher salary. They want half the salary and they want to be a care coordinator. So we've made that mistake in primary care networks because they need the people. 
the reason why I'm able to fire fast at THC is because even though it's the business's money, I view it as my money. And I'll never forget, there's one person and I paid her her first month's salary and was like, Tari, you've literally just given 1500 quid plus the on cost and you've just feel like I've just thrown it away. This person is not a good fit for this business. She's great. She's a lovely person, but she's not right for this business. And you have not created the right conditions for her to be a success in this business. So Tara, you need to take responsibility. And that's the price you pay for getting it wrong. So it may not sound much, but I think if you are in a hiring position, I know that you'll understand these decisions are hard. They're really, really difficult. But what we do now is we set the expectation for the role. We have a panel interview where I involve the team. Our induction process gets better and better and better. Valentina kind of heads that up and she did the last one for Lauren, which will see her through for her first 16 weeks. Lauren's commented that it's all been laid out for her. It's been really, really nice. And Lauren has just slotted into the team. I'm always nervous about talking about people in the team that work for THC because they may leave. <laughs> I should be like, you know, I spoke about Lauren and said how she was so amazing and fitted into the team. Well, now she doesn't work in the business, but she works in a business at the moment. She's slotted in and we love her. We absolutely love her. She's great. So we've given her a really good induction and so far, touch wood, it's working well. So that is our approach to firing fast, but the firing fast, you know, we have to take radical responsibility because usually when that has happened, I saw the red flags and I ignored them. And how do I fire fast? I just call them in beginning of the day. If they're local, obviously, if they're in the office, we'll get it done at the beginning of the day and just sit them down. Or if it's on Teams, I've only done it once remotely because the person lives quite far away and just says, I am really sorry, but following incidences A, B and C, which we have discussed, it's with regret that you've not passed your probationary period. And I'm going to have to let you go. Just keep it as short as possible. And always double check with HR to make sure that we're compliant. And I think in the past, I have paid people, I think I paid one person eight weeks salary. That's the most I've paid because I listened to a podcast who's now my coach, Shelley Warren. She had a podcast, which was something like how to let somebody go, but then still stay loyal to the brand. And I did that with one and it worked really well. And we're, we're friends. There's no hard feelings there. So we want to give people, regardless of the circumstances, I think our ethos at THC is we want to welcome people into THC in the best way possible and help them exit in the best way possible. It's a small world and I believe in what goes around comes around. So just because it didn't work out, it doesn't mean I don't like you. It doesn't mean I don't want you to succeed. It doesn't mean anything about you personally. It's around what does this business need? And every year we get older and wiser and clearer. I hope that this is helpful. I've been very honest, very vulnerable, but I think it's important that leaders share this because it is a reality. Next time you're recruiting, you don't have to do a video. Questions I'd be asking is next time you are recruiting to your next hire, what can you do to make yourself stand out? Because it is competitive and it's not just about the salary, it's about your employment package. What does your onboarding process look like? How can you welcome people into the job in the best way possible and make it clear for them to know what's going on? 
And if it's not clear, just explain that to them. It's just about managing people's expectations. How accessible do you need to be? Now we build the team out, like Valentina's the point of contact. So just all of those things that make it a really good experience. And then just making sure you performance manage in the early days to keep them on track. Make sure you're both on the same page until they kind of grow in independence and they can manage work streams a little bit more independently. So I hope that's helpful and I will see you in the next episode. so much for joining us if you like what you hear I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review I know many of you give us a shout out on social media which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast so please come and find us on Twitter at THC Primary Care on Instagram and on LinkedIn just look for Tara Humphrey and if you're not subscribed to our newsletter please do you get to hear more insights more confessions some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week so click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in in the next episode.